how are you now? Uh, how are you now? Well, folks, the Montreal Canadiens winning streak is over. The New Jersey Devils, their winning streak continues. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and a um, little bit pissed off about that one. Just a little bit. Not, you know, we're, we're not going to turn this into a rant or anything like that, but um, it, it definitely, ooh, it rubbed me the wrong way. But your Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 5-1 to one to the New Jersey Devils on home ice. What happened? Well, let's get right into the recap so that we can talk a little bit about the overall performance. Um, they actually had a great first period. The Montreal Canadiens did. Um, it was going both ways. Chances at both ends. Both teams failed on power play attempts. I mean, it was a very even overall first period. However, when you took a look at the stats, the Habs outshot the Devils 15-11. to They had the better scoring chances. They looked like the better team through 20 minutes of play, but there was no score. Now we go into the second period, and second period at times this season has been a bit of a challenge for the Habs, and it was a big challenge for them in this game. They were horrible for most of that second period. Early in the second, the Devils get a power play. Jake Allen makes a beautiful look at pad stack style save, but he can do absolutely nothing shortly after that. Dougie Hamilton finds Jack Hughes. He's coming down towards the faceoff dot and just snipes one upstairs, makes it one nothing for New Jersey. Not long after that, Dougie Hamilton joins the rush, and this time he keeps it and fires an absolute snipe of his own over the shoulder of Jake Allen and makes it 2 nothing for the Devils. Uh, not looking very good for the Habs. After that very strong first 20 minutes, they looked like absolute dog shit in the first half of that first of that second period, rather. Uh, but wait, but wait. Just past the midway point of the period, Sean Monahan gets a shot on goal. A nice juicy, juicy rebound. Just sits there in the slot for Evgeny Dadunov. He puts it in for his first as a Montreal Canadian, and it's two to one. And then from that point, the Habs are awake. All of a sudden, they're getting chances again. They're, they're looking like they're, they're trying to get back to that same level of play that they had in the first period. But, of course, late in the period, Jake Allen tries to rim one around the boards. Devils are all over it. Didn't even have a chance of getting out of the zone. Jack Hughes gets it again from the faceoff circle. Snipes, 3-1. to one. And that is your score heading into the third period. Now, again, as I mentioned, the Habs have struggled a little bit in, in second periods this season at times. So you're thinking maybe there's a comeback in order here. We're only down two goals. Two goal lead is what? The worst lead in hockey. Maybe there's a comeback coming. Not so fucking much. 15 seconds in to the, to the third period, uh, Cole Caulfield has a giveaway inside the zone. Nico Heischer passes it over to Thomas Tatar, former Hab Thomas Tatar, that is. He claps it in, makes it 4-1, to one. but wait, there's a challenge. The Habs think they saw offside on that goal, and they absolutely did. The proper camera angle showed us that, in fact, Thomas Tatar was well offside before Cole Caulfield made that giveaway. It never left the zone, neither did the Devils, and the goal doesn't count, so we're back to 3-1. But the Habs, from that point, this is what really bugged me about the game. 
is they were completely sluggish after that. You would think that after being after staving off a, a possible three goal deficit, that you'd come out hot after that. That you'd come out really trying to get one, you know, get the next goal and get it soon. But they were sluggish, terrible, icing the puck, not getting much going offensively whatsoever. Took them forever just to get a shot on goal in that second period. Or third period, rather. I don't even know what period I meant in the re- in the recap at this point. But they completely fa- fail to gain any kind of momentum out of that challenge. And they're just kind of looking like shit. Sure enough, get a power play chance in the second half of the third period. I want to say around the 10-minute mark, somewhere around there. But right after they failed to score on that power play Brendan Gallagher gives the puck away outside of his own blue line Dawson Mercer takes it in takes a shot he gets stopped by Jake Allen but the rebound goes out pretty far and it goes to Jesper Bratt and uh, he makes no mistake makes it four to one for the Devils Uh, Habs kind of turned it on a little bit from there Uh, not quite to the same level as they had in the first period Uh, they had some chances but they couldn't get anything going. They pulled Jake Allen a little bit early. And in the final, what, two seconds of the game, John Marino fires a long shot at the empty net. And that is what gives us our 5-1 to one final in favor of New Jersey. What a shit game from the Habs. Uh, man, really not a good one. They um, had a great first period. I talked about that right off the jump. You know, if you look at that first period, especially against a team that was came into the game, the Devils, on, on what, a nine-game winning streak now at 10, um, looking like one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, to see how well they played in that first period, the Habs, that is, it was encouraging. I mean, I was looking at the stats on Natural Stat Trick, and I was like, Jesus, I cannot believe that this team is doing that well against a team that is doing that well. Like, it, it shouldn't be the case. We should be getting caved in by these guys at least a little bit. This should be one of those games where, you know, you, you lose the first period and maybe you battle back afterwards and your goaltender holds you into it for long enough for you to come in and compete. But not on this night, no. Instead, they gave their best effort in the first 20 and then kind of disappeared after that. It was disappointing. Very disappointing. Um I guess that's a, as good a segue as any into your silver lining of the night, which is Yuri Slavkovsky for me. Yuri Slavkovsky, he showed no rust coming off of his suspension. He actually looked really well. He could have potentially had a couple of goals in that game if the puck just rolled the right way for him. I mean, he hit the post at one point, and he got stopped uh, by Vitek Vanacek on another shot that looked pretty goddamn dangerous on the power play. So I think there was... A lot to like from Uri Slavkovsky in that game, especially coming off the suspension and being put immediately onto the fourth line uh, of all places to be playing as a rookie. And, you know, that's not a place that they want him to be playing for the rest of his career. So I don't quite understand why they why they had him there, but it, it worked on that night. I, I'd like to see him maybe get a bump up in the lineup and play on the third or the second line even uh, moving forward. But for now, I, I, I think that's the silver lining that we have to take in that game is that he didn't show any rust. He still looks very ready and willing and, and able to compete in this league. Uh, he looked strong. Uh, he was strong on pucks. He had a couple of really good puck retrievals, uh, won a couple of really impressive puck battles. I mean, it, it was a, it was a quiet but effective game from him. 
you know, from your first overall pick, obviously you want to see a little bit more flash, but I, I felt like watching that game coming off of two games on the shelf, I, I think he did really well. So he's your silver lining of the night. Uh, your co-silver lining of the night, if you will, I guess could go to Evgeny Dadunov. He finally got a goal. And he did a few things in that game that pissed me off. There was one time where he had an opportunity to hold the line and he just didn't really skate for it. He was trying to just reach for it with his stick. Like, move your feet. Like, you're, you, you can skate faster than you can reach. But outside of that, he actually had a very effective first half of the game and deserved to get a goal. So the fact that he got that juicy-ass rebound into the slot, um, normally, you know, you could maybe slight a guy a little bit and say, well, of course you're going to score on that because anybody would score on that. But he deserved that rebound. He was one of the better forwards for the Habs in the early goings of that game. And the fact that he was in the right spot to capitalize on that rebound was just a byproduct of how well he played uh, early on. So... Uh, again, you know, is, is it an easy goal to score? Sure. But you know what? It's not easy to play as well as he did. And really, that goal was just a reward for how well he played. And him getting going offensively is going to be very important for the Habs when the trade deadline comes around. Um, he's a player that they clearly acquired with the exclusive intent of trading at the trade deadline. Um, we know from the horrible experience that Vegas had last year trying to trade him to Anaheim and finding out randomly that he had a 10-team tra- uh, no-trade clause, that he has that clause. So the Habs definitely are handcuffed a little bit on where they can send him. But sending him anywhere is going to require him having some form of offensive production. So I hope, honestly, that he gets more of those bounces. He's been deserving them for a while. He has not played badly. The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. And it's it's either he's going to create opportunities for himself or he's going to have to find them through those bounces. And with where he is in the lineup, I think he's going to have to create a lot of them for himself. Unfortunately, I think that's going to be tough. Um, we've seen so far with these Habs that for the most part when they win, it's their top line that gets going, maybe the second line as well. But the bottom six is not getting a whole lot of production right now. I might like to see him play with Sean Monaghan a little bit more. Um, that seemed to work for them against the Devils. Maybe it's a way to get him going. Sean Monaghan is clearly going. He got an assist as well on the Dadunov goal. Um, I think those are two guys that you acquired that you clearly had intent of trading in the first place at the deadline. Why not try to feature them together? get them a little bit more points, make them a little bit more attractive to some of those destinations that they might want to go to. Maybe you can get them both an opportunity to go out and compete for a cup, and in return, you can get some assets that can help you in the rebuild. Because let's face it, like I said last episode, the rebuild is not over. might be ahead of schedule, but it's not over. The Habs (laughs) 
definitely still have some work to do. Um, that brings me to, unfortunately, I have to talk about some of the negatives in that game. Um, the, the first negative, that was arguably the worst game for the top line that they've played since they got put together. Um, nothing was working for them. They had a couple of moments on the power play. They had Kirby Doc playing up at the point on the power play, which was kind of interesting. I'm not sure if I'm in love with that or not, but they did get some really good chances on that power play. Um, not sure if I want to stick with that moving forward personally, but uh, you know they they can try it out. I don't have a problem with it. I, I did have a problem with how that line looked overall. I mean, Caulfield had that giveaway that led to the uh, the well, what was supposed to be the four one goal for the devils in the third period obviously got canceled out by the offside challenge but at the end of the day everybody still sees that highlight right that's still a play that you can't make with the puck um and they made a lot of plays that you just can't make with the puck in that game i don't know what it was i i feel like honestly i feel like they got overconfident after that first period and they thought we got this in the bag and then they got complacent and they started playing a little bit too loose with the puck. And what happens when you're playing too loose with the puck against a team that's really good at putting it in the net? You lose. I'm not sure what else to say about that game, honestly. It, uh, it was really disappointing. What I will say about that game is take a look at what jerseys they were wearing. <laughs> the reverse retros. Those are a curse upon this franchise. The last versions were a curse. These versions, I submit to you, are also a curse. We should refuse from participating in this exercise moving forward. It never works well for the Habs. The Habs have one of the most iconic jerseys in all of sports. The red version, the white version... I would argue that the white version with the blue stripe across it is also a very good version. I think one of those three is all you ever need to wear. I don't think you need to fuck with perfection, man. Why are we dancing around in this bullshit reverse retro world? If I were Jeff Molson, and I'm clearly not, I'm not nearly as wealthy as that man, I would refuse to participate moving forward. I would say, you know what, how much of my money... How much of my profits are going to your little project in Arizona every year? Oh, it's it's that much? Okay, well, you know what? Fuck you and your reverse retro. I'm not doing that. I'm going to wear the jerseys that we want to wear. And um, now I, I do understand also that they probably had a creative hand in, in what was put out there. Uh, but they, they never win in reverse retros. Let's just stop it with those things. Can't we? Can we stop it? Can we just wear jerseys that we already have? If we want to wear retro jerseys, we have plenty of actual retro jerseys that we can wear. We don't need to wear these powder blue ones. You know, I, I get it. I do like the callback to the Expos a little bit, but that's just me as an Expos fan. Me as a Habs fan, I want to see Habs jerseys. That much blue doesn't do it for me. I feel like I'm watching the Leafs and they lost. Like the Leafs. Well, the Leafs actually won tonight. So, <laughs> oh, I better cut it off there. My back is killing me today anyway, so I need to go to bed. Uh, we are running what? Ooh, around 16 minutes. So, c'est une soirée uh, énorme. 
ben pas énorme, mais au moins euh, une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. Hopefully, we have a better game for you next time. And, of course, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.